Welcome inside the Team CBK Locker Room, a podcast to bring you our best bets from the weekend's football action. Hello, Brighty here and welcome to another Inside the Team CBK Locker Room podcast. It is my pleasure to once again be joined by the one and only Jerry Taylor. Hi Jerry, how you doing? Yeah, good day to yourself. Yeah, I'm really well, mate. Thank you. Really well. Looking forward to a massive weekend this weekend. There's lots going on. It feels it's coming to the boiling point. Yeah, we've got playoffs taking place up in Scotland this weekend. So, yeah, all to play for. Just coming to the, the crunch end of the season now. It's all going on. So, um, your hangover cleared up. A little birdie tells me you might have been uh, celebrating on the streets of, of Glasgow over, over the weekend. Yeah, they've been rude not to. A few of the beer gardens been open, so yeah, had a had a few last weekend. Nothing, nothing too substantial though. You've got to keep a <laughs> clean head, especially when you're looking at all these football options. I oh, know they're just they said on a daily, daily basis. But it's great to be able to uh, go and have a chat about it over a pint or two, isn't it? So very nice indeed. And uh, talking of which, let's have a little look over some of um, like the last week's best action. Obviously, we had the um, Champions League semi-finals. They're now done and dusted. We know who the finalists are. Uh, so we had Manchester City first up, uh, 2-0 against PSG. A Mares brace, uh, meaning it is a 4-1 aggregate win for, for Man City. Um, no Mbappe, no hope really, I felt. Um, Neymar was pretty anonymous. Di Maria sent off after... Losing his head and and PSG just lost the plot again. I think they were lucky to end with ten men. To be honest, did you did you catch the game? I did. Yeah, I think I think you mentioned Mares there. I think St Mirren will be ruined the day that they let Mares slip through the net. <laughs> <laughs> did did they really? There's there's various that... versions of the story, right? You know, but you know, yeah. one of the I was reading about one it today. One of the versions was he he played for he, he scored quite a few goals in a few trial games, but. For some reason, they didn't sign him up, didn't snap him up. And the other version was it was too cold in Scotland. <laughs> he disappeared quite quickly, you know. So, yeah, he, was, he certainly played a few bounce trial games for St Mirren. So, many back in the day, you know. Back in the day. Well, let's hope for St Mirren's sake and the, the <laughs> scouting and coaching network that it was just the weather that put him off rather than them going, nah, I don't think you're going to make it, son. Unfortunately, off you pop. <laughs> Yeah, he's but, he's come on like this last few games. He's he's coming into the form of his season, I think, isn't he? Just at the right time, probably. It's an embarrassment of riches that Pep's got, really, isn't he? That he can, you know, Mares get le- gets left out a lot, you know, in, in mm-hmm. the past. And Foden's been on the benches. He's been, he's been developing as well. But when you put it all together, they've got some some lineup and a bit of strength and depth off the bench Absolutely. as well, haven't they? Absolutely right. But no, I thought that was well deserved. Thought they controlled the game spectacularly well and I think they just completely frustrated the life out of PSG in the end and, and I think it showed just towards the end where well they were trying to kick lumps out of City and they managed it a couple of times but quite often they couldn't even get close enough to do that to be honest. Yeah they were a frustrated team at the end PSG weren't they but as you they say the game, the game management for Man City was excellent you know they, they did what they had to do and put the game to bed and they just played it out didn't they? Absolutely right, yeah. And talking of which, um, last night we saw Chelsea, same scoreline. Chelsea 2, Real Madrid 0. Werner with the opener and Mount with the uh, icing on the cake. Finally getting the second and and decisive goal, um, putting Chelsea through 3-1 on Agarit. Again, like I said, I think deserved winners there, Jerry. Um, I saw a lot of people disappointed in in how Madrid performed, but, but I think hats off to Tuchel and Chelsea in my book. Um, that they just just didn't allow Madrid to get involved in that game. I thought it was really an eye-catching performance last night, right? Because Tuchel's done some jobs since he came in. The transformation in that team, that squad, guys like Havertz and Werner, who looked like you know yeah. as if yeah. Chelsea were going to bail out of the deals with him. You know, they, they looked early in the season under Lampard. They just didn't, you know. And what they're, what they're producing now for Tuchel. But the whole team really isn't. I mean, the defence, the defensive solidity. As you say, you know, a lot of people would have been disappointed with Real Madrid. But, I mean, Chelsea, on another night, they scored five last night. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, I yeah. said that myself last night. That that scoreline flattered Madrid. I think, you know, Havertz hit the bar twice now. They scored from one of them. Um, he was inches away from a, 
uh, you know, ball that slid across the six-yard box. Um, what two, three one-on-ones that uh, Courtois managed to you know to to win. But uh, yeah, I think quite comfortably a four or five nil. Uh, win, which would have ruined Tuchel's uh, unders and both teams to score no record. So <laughs> another one to the list. And uh, as I, say, I just think very impressive. And, and I know people raved about and rightly so raved about um, Diaz for Man City on uh, on Tuesday night. But I, I thought for Diaz, you can read Rudiger last night, I thought was yeah. Colossus at the back. And yeah. as you say, it's unrecognisable side, I think, from the one that Lampard had. And fair play to, to, well, how quickly he's turned that round and, and, and how well the team have responded to it. And they obviously, uh, they, well, they, you know, a team that, of that quality, but with that much determination and, and kind of togetherness is a, is a very dangerous, very dangerous team. I mean, Rudiger was immense, but what was significant as well, Rafi? I mean, Chelsea were 1-0 up and missing chance after chance. And normally you would say, oh, this is going to come back and bite them in yeah. the bum. But he actually got to a stage in the game where Real Madrid were creating nothing. Yeah. You know, it was the, the the fitness and the athleticism of Chelsea when you compare it to Real Madrid. I mean, either mm. Real Madrid, some of the players are kind of like Modric, are they on the way out? Or but, yeah. but Chelsea just looked a yard, not even a yard, two yards quicker, you know, in the break. Yeah. A lot too, just too sharp for Real Madrid on the night. Yeah. Uh, yeah, again, I think we mentioned virtually the whole team when we go through it, but Kante was, again, just outstanding. He's like having two players on the pitch. He's in, in your own half one minute, and then he's closing them down on the edge of their box the next. They must wonder and look around thinking, where's he come from? So, as you said, Havertz looked a different play. His touch and his, his, his movement around the pitch was fantastic. Um, Mason Mount, again, just goes from strength to strength, I think. Um, you know, it's a... Uh, he, he's proven crucial in there as well. So um, very, Cantu. very exciting times for Chelsea fans. Kante was superb, wasn't he? Just way, yeah. way too quick, too sharp. And he, yeah. he, he he made a hell of a difference. But I'm not wanting to downplay Havertz and Werner because they have come really on it again. But I still feel as if, you know, mm. see somebody like Drogba on his, <laughs> his peak. Can you imagine somebody like that there last night, right? Yeah. You know, the, yeah, yeah. the score would have been four or five because... The ruthless, you know, a really ruthless top striker, Harry Kane. I've not that he's going to to Chelsea anytime no. soon, but you know, <laughs> talking about that would really, if they got a player like that in the summer, you know, because the Havertz and the Werners will still have a role to play. But yeah, but focal point. Both teams are doing it without an out and out, you know, old fashioned striker, aren't they? Really? Yeah. No, absolutely right. Yeah, very interesting indeed. So, um, looking at the odds for the um for the game. Uh, the the Champions League final, uh, Man City at one point nine six, uh, Chelsea at four point three five, and the draw is three point seven. Um, to win outright, those prices then come down. Man City at one point five two, and Chelsea at two point nine four. And and I, I noticed last night, Joe, you posted a you posted a vote, didn't you, on on who people think yeah. is going to win the win the final and what was the outcome have you have you seen for, that? A, for a while actually for the first hour after the game it was kind of 50 50 but then when i ch- i haven't checked in the last few hours but earlier this morning it went 60 percent man city really 40 percent chelsea but it was close mm. for a while but I, yeah. I, kind of think, I don't think it's a foregone city deserve to be favorites undoubtedly but i don't think it's a foregone conclusion based on what i mean chelsea definitely had a team on the up you know the improvement some of the young players like Mountain that you mentioned, you know, they, they really they have got a chance. I mean, it's a 90 minute final, two legs, you really would favour City, but a 90 minute final. Chelsea yeah. proved it a couple of weeks ago that they, they could they actually trophy, you know. It's absolutely right. And you just have that sense that, that they've kind of done it before, haven't they? We're like the last couple of times they won the Champions League was with a managerial change halfway through the season. So you're thinking are they going for the hat trick? It could well happen. Um, I mentioned it in bit tongue in cheek last night, but um, I did check the odds this morning and uh, Chelsea to win on penalties is 14 to 1. And uh, just got that that suspicion. Um, it obviously, could go either way. If it got that far with the quality of the players, they can stick it top corner at will, really. But um, I don't know. That's I just say it sense it being a really really tight one that goes all the way, and, and it comes down to spot kicks and uh, you know a, a fourteen to one shot then might be alright. But I know you're sitting with um, Chelsea already in the outrights, haven't you? I know you you backed them a couple of weeks yeah. ago. I think you said yeah. Forty one. I've got on Chelsea. So yeah, yeah. Not too bad they're in the final, so um, not an even money chance, but they've certainly got a chance of winning it. But if you were doing the penalty kicks right here as well, doing both of them winning penalties, maybe, yeah. What does that make, sorry? 
you're as well doing the two fourteen to one. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. City winning penalties if you think it's going to be that tight, which it could turn out or go all the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're right there. Cool. And obviously, we've got the uh, the dress rehearsal for that um, final, which is the 29th of May this Saturday. I know they played, as you said, a couple of weeks ago in the FA Cup semi-final. Now it's the league game. Um, interesting to note that Man City, with home advantage, are actually bigger odds than they are for the for the Champions League final. Um, they're 1.98 to beat Chelsea this weekend. Um, I think actually they've they've just about touched evens or just even slightly bigger. I think they started out a lot shorter than that, but they're, they're drifted now to, to 1.98. Chelsea are 4.5 and the draw is 3.6 for, for the game um, Saturday. So um, I wonder if the odds are a wee bit like that because do Man City really, really, really need to get the three points at the weekend? Not really, do they? Um, no. the, league's, the league's just about in the bag. Are they going to be bursting a gut? Yeah, they'll be trying because obviously it's against Chelsea and they want to win, but... There's an argument that says maybe it's more important again for Chelsea to, to I, get. The I think you're right. In the bag, you know. I think that could be the only reason that those odds, are, uh, as they are, but uh, I said obviously the Champions League final are similar odds. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that that based on need as much as anything, obviously City have got an extra day's rest. So I don't know. It's it's no Martin Atkinson, Jerry, but we've got Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm going. Uh, yeah. We've got An Anthony Taylor's the man with a whistle. Um, yeah, could we see that. no goals and no cards? It's it's not out of the out of the realms of possibility. Um, Anthony Taylor does keep them back a wee bit domestically, doesn't he? He does. He, he does. He produces them more in Europe, but. Um, Domestically, he does try and hold them back a wee bit. So, yeah, yeah, going with what you've been saying, a lot of the Chelsea stats and stuff, you don't expect a goal fest in this, do you? No, and I think possibly both sides are taking nil-nil. Um, I don't know. Um, 93.5 are the odds, if anyone is interested. Uh, <laughs> might be worth a, a few coins if you can find it on the back of your sofa. And throw it at that. As you say, Anthony Taylor's more card happy in, in European competitions or when he's uh, at national level um, rather than domestically. But uh, yeah, interesting one. So um, there we go. For me, I don't know if you've got a, if you've got an opinion on the game, but you've got to look at those. Um, there was odds, as I said, that we've reeled out before. Both teams to score no is 1.9. Unders is 1.7. Combination is about 2.15. Um, I think something like those won't go far away, I don't think, from uh, from that game. A little bit I've picked out and maybe worth an interest. I've noticed that um, Man City in the last five home league matches have conceded in all of them. Um, so I'm thinking that Chelsea maybe could score a goal in the game. If they, certainly if they play like they did with intensity last night, if they, if they go for it because the three points really would go a long way to get them in the top four here, wouldn't it? Absolutely, um, yeah. for, for Chelsea to score in the match and over one card in the match, so you're not looking for loads of cards off, Anthony Taylor. You're getting mm -hmm. 1.8. 1.83 right to 5 to 6 so I thought that's maybe worth a wee tickle for a wee interest but um, yeah. it just depends on both teams attitude doesn't it it's, it's because they've played recently because they've got the, the big game coming up in Istanbul it'll be <laughs> interesting to see what kind of team selections are they going to rotate a bit for this yeah yeah. again that would be interesting and City have got the greatest scope I guess to do that but um, yeah interesting one we'll find um, out but a good game although, to look forward to it's only fair to say in the, the the, and to give it balance, although they've conceded in the last five homes, Man City, the previous five they'd clean sheets before that. So, <laughs> but, uh, but they're doing nothing on a five then. <laughs> uh, the, the clean sheets they got, I think, were against more or less the five bottom teams in the the, the league. So, I think the the last five where they've conceded, the opposition's been stepped up a wee bit. So, yeah. aye, it'll be interesting to see if it is a tight game that you suggest it could be, or whether it opens up a wee bit. Yeah, well, well, we will see. So, uh, for for a game that we're not featuring, we we did quite well there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think we had to cover a little bit. And obviously, what the Europa League tonight? Um, Man United take a oh, obviously recording on on Thursday. Man United taking a six-two lead to Roma. Um, that one's dead and dusted. I, I can't see anything other than just Man United managing that one out. Can you, Jerry? I I mean, I've not really picked out a bit for that rated to be honest, but. Um... I see there have been goals in that game, funnily enough, because Man United, they'll, they'll freshen up the team, won't they? They've got a good lead, and Roma games usually have a few goals anyway, so I can see a few goals, and I've, I've not really looked into the cards of the ref for that one, but certainly, um, although Man United have a four-goal lead, I could see both teams scoring. There have been a few goals uh, in that game. Probably, uh, probably uh, Man 
Man City could win it. Uh, sorry, Man United rather could win that, couldn't they again? Uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, someone mentioned to me today about it and I said that, that you know, Roma have got to go for it. Fonseca is obviously not going to be there uh, next season, so he's got literally nothing to lose. Um, they're four down. What are they going to do? Are they going to just kind of limp out with a with a kind of draw or a, you know, a, a narrow defeat? Or, or, or they're going to say, well, we need to score four goals as a minimum. We're going to have to go for it, which could then leave a, a lot of scope, a scope for um, United to hit on the break. And as I'd expect them to freshen it up. It's not confirmed, of course. Um, I've actually put a little bet on uh, Mr. Donny van der Beek to, um, to, to have some shots, <laughs> get some game time. Um, We'll wait and see. Team news obviously will depend on whether that one continues through or not. But I thought he was—he looked uh, some decent odds for someone that could well come in and uh, have a bit of a point to prove. Um, but yeah, I, I'd expect goals. Yeah, I'd expect there'd be goals in that one. Should be another entertaining one. Um, so with, with Roma having no option but to go for it, so we'll see. The other game obviously is a lot closer, more evenly balanced. Arsenal hosting Villarreal, uh, trying to chase down a two-one deficit. Who who have you got there? You going on Moreno again? Let us down last week, didn't he? I did, I surprisingly. Um, it looks like him for goals and cards, doesn't it? Um, it does. There certainly was cards in the, the, the first leg with Arsenal getting a man sent off. Um, certainly goals and cards there. I, I said I fancied that at the outset before the first leg that both teams to score in both legs, and uh, I certainly expect that to happen again. And it'll be interesting. I think it really is on an eighth edge that game. I mean, if Villarreal come out and score first, if it's or friend Moreno or someone else, you know, that would, that would really make it difficult for Arsenal, wouldn't it? But yeah. Arsenal's, Arsenal's got goals in them as well, haven't they? They have, yeah. yeah. Again, it, it, it'd, be, it'd be amazing if, with all the stick and everything that, that Arsenal have taken, um, and Arteta in, in, in particular, that they actually go through and get into the Europa League final and then actually go on and win it. And uh, that suddenly turns into not a bad season, doesn't it? But, um, it, yeah, it's, it's a strange one. But, I don't know, if you, if you push, who, who do you fancy meeting United in the final? Assuming it will be. I've got a sneaky suspicion for Villarreal. I've got a suspicion yeah. for Villarreal, just that I think they can score tonight. Um, so, you know, that's 3-1. So Arsenal, Arsenal need to score a right few tonight to get through, I think. So they're capable yeah. of Arsenal, but I really think it is a toss of a coin game. Um, I wouldn't be lumping on either, to be honest. I'd be playing the cards and the goals. Certainly fancy goals and cards, so. I'll have a little bit before kick-off on that. Yeah, I think um, Team CBK, we've gone for over one card for both sides, which is just better than even money, so that's decent enough. Looking at the odds outright, uh, I'd probably have to, if, if you're looking at value, Arsenal has shade odds on. You can get a 4.33 on Villarreal, so 100 to 30. I think probably if, if I had to be pushed into it, that's the direction I'd go because I just think that's a little bit of a better, as I say, for a coin toss. I'd present, which I think it is, like you said. I think, uh, yeah, you get a little bit of value on the Villarreal there. But we'll see. Again, we'll see that will happen um, happen before this one goes out. But there we are. Uh, final thing. Sorry, mate. I yeah. sorry, I think sometimes in this situation, the English team, sometimes you're getting a lesser price. I don't yeah. know if it's, uh, you know, just with the market, the way people play the market, or the, the, the kind of English bias sort of thing. But I think sometimes the value is sometimes with the, the visiting team there, you know. Yeah, I agree with you there, definitely. So um, the final thing uh, talking about, say, last week, uh, obviously we saw the old firm derby at the weekend. Um, Bruni's last one, as certainly as a player, before he, uh, he obviously heads off to the management staff at Aberdeen. Not the end he, he would have dreamt of there, was it? No, it wasn't. <laughs> he went out with a whimper, really. Celtic really went out with a whimper after some of the comments with the caretaker manager, John Kennedy. He was sort of saying that, oh, that, you know, try to sort of say that Celtic were the best team in the country, <laughs> You know, Rangers have won the league by a distance. So he'd said that a number of weeks ago, and I think since then Rangers have won the the two remaining games. So it's it's a bit yeah. silly. But the red card yeah. was a great bit. The referee Nick Walsh, um, certainly he's, he's he's good for a red card, and it was his first home firm game as well. So I often think we are a kind of younger referee that's getting that as the, you know the first home firm game. I think they're not wanting to make any mistakes, though. So they're erring on the side of producing the cards, you know. So yeah, definitely. Uh, that, Quite early, Callum McGregor that sent off. Yeah, yeah. Possibly the biggest shock then it wasn't Brown or Morellish that was the uh, was red carded. It was someone else. But yeah, exactly, I think yeah. you said at the time it was it was pretty pretty um so certainly not surprising that the, the red was shown there. Um, massive Celtic, gap, isn't it, for for Celtic to try and close next year, despite what what Kennedy's been saying. But uh, you know, have, have Celtic got to be looking more over their shoulder than than actually head. 
Are they going to be looking at their rivals behind them? Or, or, or do you think there's a possibility they can close that gap on ranges? Um, you know, we had probably had a similar situation in England last year where everyone was saying, well, Liverpool are just streets ahead of everyone else. And then, then you know, as we know, they've had a terrible season, certainly by last season standards this year. Uh, can you see ranges that? Is it, is, it, is it down to Stevie G staying? Or is it is it more than that? How do you see the setup there at the moment, mate? Well, Celtic, Celtic definitely need a massive clear out. I mean, mm. if Eddie Howe's coming in or whoever, they, you know, the, they need a massive clear out. A lot of the players, like guys like Ryan Christie, Chris Avaragia, you know, I think they're itching for a move possibly down south of England. So, odd I saw Ryan Christie been, linked with a with a newly promoted side uh, during the week, actually. Norwich City. Um, yeah. Burnley, I think Burnley are in the equation for that one as well, righty? So yeah, they, they were mentioned in the same, same article. Training for Norwich or Burnley, actually, I think you'd do well at that kind of level, you know, kind of, no offence, mate, but bottom, bottom end of the, oh, absolutely right. the Premier League, you know, but Celtic do need, you know, there's going to be six or seven players leading, so they definitely need an influx of players coming in. Yeah. Rangers might lose one, and Tavernier, with his goal returning, he's attacking. Yeah. Somebody might fancy him for down south as well, so Ryan Kent's yeah. Rumoured with Leeds United for a wee while as well, so yeah, I just that. hope to see Stevie G can hold on to his better players. But consistency has been key, and Rangers obviously progressed quite well in Europe as well. So mm-hmm. still have got a bit of catching up to do. Um, Rangers are going to go favourites to win the league, and you can see why. But no, I don't think Celtic will be looking over their shoulders as such, you know. But Hibs and Aberdeen will still be a wee bit behind that level. But uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Sure. Well, I did actually have a look at the odds uh, for, for next season. 1.73 ranges, best price. Um, and Celtic at 2.2, which I wouldn't wouldn't touch with anyone's money, to be fair, given their state of play at the moment. 66 to 1 Aberdeen and 100 to 1 bar the rest. So, um, yeah, I think, is, is that 1.73? Would you, would you take that on it? I wouldn't be betting that, that kind of price on a year-long mm. bet, right? No, you know, because um, you never know what's going to happen in the summer and head. But no. I would say the bookmakers have got the prices correct with Celtic Rangers. They're, they're bang on the money with those those prices, yeah. certainly with everything we know about the two clubs at the moment, you know. But it'll be interesting to see if things change in the next month or, month or two, you know, who That's... Celtic bring in manager-wise as well. Yeah, that'll be a big thing as well, won't it? Of course. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. Okay, mate, let's quickly review the bets from last weekend's podcast then. And my run is over. My first losing best bet um, in fell at the ninth hurdle. So ninth, ninth, uh, the ninth podcast and uh, is my first losing um, bet of the weekend. And uh, it had to be Sheffield United, didn't it? Let me down. Or more specifically, Pierre Hoberg let me down. Picking up a needless booking with his side 4-0 up in the 88th minute. Still makes me cry thinking about it. Um, but uh, there we go. So Sheffield United booking points finally, <laughs> finally lose for me. It had to come, I guess, before the end of the season. Um, yeah, you're you you on. You looked home and hose there, didn't you? I had it counted. I did. To, yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it's always a risk when it's just one card. Um, yeah, when you're doing most booking points, and like, like we said, I think we got it right from last week. We said not to go for the overs card wise yeah. because. We were yeah. thinking that you know Mariner was probably not going to show too many, uh, and so it, so it was was the, the case. You know, only one for United, and then uh, that eighty eighth minute one uh, for Spurs to even it up. But um, it was a little bit unfortunate. But that's the that's the risk with the most booking points. I had a similar one last night. I'd, I'd put it up as my bet of the day, and, and four yellow cards. Um, suddenly became a 4-3 <laughs> yellow card game until there was another one in injury time to make it a bit more comfortable. But uh, it was, I was shuffling about on my seat a little bit, I must must say, when uh, when uh, when it went that close. But there we go. So, um, But yeah, that was Sheffield United. Uh, let me down. They, they don't owe me anything, let's put it that way, for the season. Um, and mate, you're undone by a bit of team tinkering. We've done Firmland's rotation for your so, bet. Well, that's, that, that's the trappy part of this season, isn't it? You yeah, know, managers... Dunfermline, it was a game before they were coming into the playoffs and he th- I thought he was still going to go reasonably strong, but of course... Well, he said seven, so, didn't he? <laughs> aye, aye. I mean, seven, seven <laughs> changes kind of wrecked that one and Aloha, who were already relegated, 1-0 to Aloha, so yeah, you can't do much about that. So, Especially yeah. when we're doing, you're doing the pod and everybody's doing the previews and the pods a couple of days in advance, so you're kind of caught out when the teams come up 45 yeah. minutes before, you know. 
Yeah, there's not much you can do, is there? Absolutely right. Yeah, and uh, as, as for our EPL previews last week, um, well, we wasted 10 minutes of our live talk about a game that never happened because <laughs> we covered Man United-Liverpool, um, which is obviously rescheduled for seven days' time, uh, 13th of May. Um, so nothing happened there. A couple of voids. Um, and I think under, under the goals and under the cards come up there then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there is that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go on to the we'll go on to the B and bet three spoke chat or something. So we'll do it. Yeah, no goals, yeah. no cards. That's what we said. That's right. Yeah. So, okay. um, and then, but the second game, we we were right. We we were very confident, weren't we? Which is quite unlike us. <laughs> we were very confident that we'd we'd both picked a couple of winners up. And uh, you're both team to score. This is in the uh, the uh, um, Aston Villa game, wasn't it? Aston Villa Everton. You're both team to score. Landed in 19 minutes. So. Yeah, that was a good one. It came in quite quickly. Fancied both teams to score there. Yeah, didn't wait long. Wait long for that one. No, absolutely not. Very good, lovely pick. And uh, we had to wait a little longer for mine because my twenty-plus Villa booking points came in in the ninetieth minute. But you know, I do like to make things exciting, Jerry. So what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> so we had the best of both worlds there. There's sometimes nothing better than a bet that just lands more or less instantly, and you think, "Wow, that was good." And the other one is the excitement of getting that late, late. Winner. So uh, well, there we go. We covered we covered everyone's needs. I think I forgot to mention there about the the two games we previewed last week. We mentioned. I think I touched on Andre Andre Mariner having a break in with a previous Sheffield United match, but little did we know the break in was going to be at Old Trafford. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Man U fans with the Liverpool. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah crazy I, stuff, wasn't it? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, when that broke, it was like what hell, whatever's going on there. But I've seen they posted that they're going to attempt to do it again. Um, next week and, and, and get it called off again next week so having advertised it all over social media you would assume the security side of things might be a little bit tighter this time round and um, not such so much of a surprise but we'll see we'll see what happens and obviously exactly. varying arguments on whether that's good bad or, or indifferent so we'll leave them to discuss that and we'll move on so um this week's previews mate you've picked out West Ham versus Everton as your your kind of Feature game, 4.30 Sunday, um, GMT time, live on Sky. Uh, quick look at the odds. We've got West Ham at 2.4, Everton at 3.2 and the draw at 3.5. Um, How do you see this one going, mate? I uh, watched West Ham at Burnley, um, whatever night of the week it was. The days are all the same. <laughs> we lose track, don't we? It's terrible. <laughs> Especially the English Premier League. It's just a game every day almost, isn't it? In yeah, it is. Um, was impressed with West Ham. They, they won narrowly, but they could have won by more, couldn't they? Um, yes. I think Moyes has done, it's no secret, Moyes has done fantastically well this season with them. They've still got a bit of momentum. They've still got plenty to play for. They've still got an outside chance of getting in the top four. Um, West Ham in the last six games have scored 13 goals. Um, Everton... Although their away form has been rather good all season, you know, they're up there in the stats with the away, you know, in the away, the away league table sort of thing. Mm. I definitely think Everton's been on the slide recently. They've only got one win in eight games um, overall. And I just think this game's here for the taking at the prices with West Ham. I'm going to keep it simple with this one, right? <laughs> yeah. West Ham's incentive is greater than Everton. Everton, I don't think, are in great nick. Villa's just went to their place and won as well last week, haven't they? Yeah. And, uh, West Ham, I always think they're a goal threat with Lingard and the other guys, whether it be Jared Bowen, Antonio. There's three or four guys chipping in with goals there. They're quite a strong team. They're good at set plays as well. I just think that they're going to score a few goals in this game. Everton, I just think, they're not on the, be they're not on the beach as such, but the season, to my eyes, is fizzling out week by week. Yeah. Uh, right here. I don't they're know definitely looking in the brochure, aren't they? <laughs> well, definitely. They're definitely window shopping for the, the holiday. Um, <laughs> West Ham at that kind of price, I think that's, I, I bet I'm going to have a little single on at 2.4, 75. Yeah. The Hammers at home, I think, quite strong. And uh, I could see that being a 2-1 or a 3-1 maybe for the Hammers. Very interesting. Good stuff, mate. Well, yeah. Do you know what? I agree with you. Um, I, I looked at it and, and there's a little bit of contradiction or a little bit of, you know, under two and a half goals in Everton's last five away. West Ham's uh, over two and a half in five of the last six. As you mentioned, Everton have got a strong, um, have got a strong away record. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've only lost one of the last twelve away in the league. Which, for a side, as you say, I've not been impressed with them. Really, um, certainly not really to watch. And that that one defeat was only uh, was to Chelsea. So obviously no disgrace there. 
And they've not even just been hanging on. They've won eight of those 12 with three draws and, and obviously that defeat. And and again, they're not being at you know, the lower half teams in that run. They won at Arsenal picked, recently, didn't they? They did. Yeah, Arsenal. Yep. Um, they uh, Liverpool. Um, they got a draw Man United. Uh, you're looking at Leeds and Leicester in that run as well. So they're, they're all tied in the kind of top half. Leeds just outside now. But, you know, other than that, you know, you're looking at two of the top three there that they've, they've gone to and, and, and got decent results against. So tough. But then you look at West Ham and I saw this stat today and I actually put it out as a little quiz uh, in, in, say, Team CBK as to who was in the top three as far as the best home record in the Premier League was concerned. Man City, West Ham a second, uh, Spurs actually. In, you know, they've got a better points per game, but on points gained so far. We've got a side away. They've been fantastic throughout the season. And, and you know what? I've really been impressed. I've really been impressed with them. And I really enjoy watching them as well, which I think is good. They've got a hell of a threat going forward. Scored yeah. two or more in five of the last six. Can you guess which side stopped that being six out of six? Chelsea, <laughs> would you believe it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, mate, I think if this becomes a shootout, then then I like West Ham, and and, and like I say, push comes to shove, I would go with um, the West Ham win. I like it, and I think I was toying with both teams to score as well. You know, I like Suchek, Antonio's back. Obviously, scored a brace in that game against Burnley. But there's two players that I'm going to feature here, and I've gone for a slightly different style of bet here. If we've got a unit to play with, I'm going to split a unit over two players. Uh, Jesse Lingard, which we've, we've talked about quite a lot before, he's kind of had a, had a second coming. He's um, rejuvenated, to say the least, with his loan move from Man United to West Ham. Um, and the other guy, Ben Rama, who obviously started the um, the game against Burnley, what we've talked about. And he, he did get an assist that day. The bet I'm going for is for both of them to get an assist but say a unit split either way so if one of them assists then we will um, we will get profit um jesse lingard is uh 5.5 with paddy power for an assist which i think is a big price and ben rama is 4.33 uh with sky bet for an assist so uh, as i said going to split a unit across those two if they both come in happy days if one comes in we've got profit and uh, it's kind of helped by the fact that i just just Saw El Ghazi and um, Ross Barkley seem to have a little bit of a success on that um, left-hand side um, the other day. And I think that, uh, that, that they could well take advantage of that as well. So and, uh, I know, um, you know the Everton defence got a little bit of a hammering um, from Ancelotti after that game. So that's my bet in that one. So a little bit different from the norm. But um, I'd fancy one of them to pick up an assist, if not, if not both. Yeah, but um, I must agree with you, West Ham, they're, they're great to watch with all the attacking threats. Um, but they do concede a goal here and there, so um, yeah. Everton, I just feel as if the season is like a game of two halves, really. I mean, they were sitting, you know, they were sitting in second and stuff like that early doors, weren't they? Yeah. Um, but the second half of the season, I just feel as if they're drifting away by the week sort of thing. So, do fancy West Ham to win, both teams to score perhaps, but I think West Ham... The incentive for this top four. I think Moyes will have them wound up again at the weekend, really, to go for this one. And you know, arguably they could have scored three or four at Burnley, shouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think Everton must be looking at West Ham, thinking that could have been us. Really, should have been challenging for the, for the top four this season with the likes of Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs to a certain degree. Having those those clubs that are generally the top six, as they're classified as, haven't had the best of seasons. They had a missed opportunity. They, they certainly should be in Europa League. Could have well been in the Champions League. But um, but West Ham's there for the fighting and uh, fair play to them. And, and I'm with you. I fancy them to win. I would fancy both teams to score. That was a little bit skinny. So um, let's have uh, Lingard and Ben Rama set up some goals and uh, we'll, we'll take the wins. But we'll see. But it's, all good, good it's, good that, it's good that David Moyes has proven he's worth again because I think he went out of fashion for a wee while as a, as a manager. But People are realising they now that the guy, the guy is a good manager. He was, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Arguably, Man United. I think this dressing room, real Ferdinand yeah. and stuff. I, I think they kind of turned on him a wee bit, and you know, he's, he, he was, his, his backside was out the window quite early there. So, yeah, it's That's good right. to see him getting a renaissance. You know. 
yeah, definitely. And you know, West Ham fans must be loving it. That's, uh, he's he's absolutely um they turned them around incredibly, and they they do look a very good unit at the moment. So good stuff. All right, there we are. So the West Ham win, and um, yeah, we've got uh, Lingard or Ben Rama for the assist. So we'll see how that one pans out. So um, moving on to my game, my preview that I've picked out, which is Saturday. It's the lunchtime kickoff, 12.30 GMT on BT Sport. And we've got Leeds at home to Spurs. Um, so I'll take it you'll, you'll allow me the pleasure to go first on this one, Jerry. Yeah, on you go, mate. <laughs> so we've got Leeds at 3.7, Spurs at 2.08 uh, and the draw at 3.95. And I must admit, when I first saw the odds, I was like, Spurs just just like, you know, fractionally but even better than even money. That seemed a little bit skinny for me. So um, obviously I had to dig in a little bit. Um, I think, you know, this one potentially a lot, lot around the players that were involved, the team news. You've got Liam Cooper back for Leeds, but that's outweighed by the fact that Rafinha and Phillips are, are still both out. Um, Spurs interim manager, obviously Ryan Mason, you know, bounced back from the Carabao Cup final loss with a with a 4-0 win over Sheffield United. We have to remind ourselves it was Sheffield United who are most definitely already on the beach and looking forward to the championship next season. Do you think he's playing to the crowd a little bit, Jerry? I'll bring you in, but you, you're looking at, um, you've obviously brought Bale and Ali back to play alongside the automatic choices in Kane and Son. Do you think... That was that's one just to get the, the crowd back on side. I think see when you're a caretaker manager and you're probably not getting the gig, you know. I think you can do that. You can go a bit gung ho, can't you? Um, yeah. So I, I think uh, he's just he's going for it. You know, he's just starting to make sure that they're playing the right way. But anybody that followed Jose Mourinho was going to be <laughs> deemed to be an attacking type manager, I think, wasn't yeah. he? Because the shackles are off them now a bit, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Well, they, to be fair, the, between the four of them, there was 20 shots for Spurs in that game against Sheffield United, and those four contributed 16 of those 20. So it shows that they were obviously um, they enjoyed themselves out there, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how if he picks the same kind of style as you say against Leeds, which is going to go against one of the, the bet that I picked out. To be honest with you, if that's the case, so we'll have to see. Um, you look, Leeds. I wondered how they'd cope towards the end of this season. You know, I saw them and I monitored them quite closely a couple of years ago in the Championship, uh, their first season under Bielsa. Um, there was 11 points clear at the top of the Championship. Obviously, I was quite interested in that because Norwich were chasing them or trying to chase them down, which they did. And Sheffield United caught them in the end. And then, and then Leeds ended up missing out on the playoffs. It's like they, they kind of ran out of steam. Um, last season, obviously, had the break due to COVID at this time. And it obviously gave them the chance to kind of recharge. They wouldn't have wanted that, but <laughs> obviously they did. It's a massive ask, I think, with, with the way Bielsa expects his team to play, the high press, the high intensity, to continue to play that way at the top level. Um, and I just wonder if they've got to that point where they might have just stalled a little bit now and they might be struggling to continue it. And they seem to have just dropped back to be a little bit more defensive um, to be able to put the fact that they can't quite go to what the levels that they, they certainly started the season with. Um, I had a dig into their record versus the top 10. So obviously that's sitting 11th in the league at the moment. So I just had a look at their results at Ellen Road um, against the, all the teams that are, are currently above them. And running it down in, in league order, um, we had uh, Man City was 1-1. Manchester United was 0-0. Leicester was 1-4. Chelsea was another 0-0. West Ham was 1-2. Spurs were 6th. Obviously, that game's coming. 7th, Liverpool was 1-1. Everton was 1-2. Arsenal was 0-0. And Villa was 0-1. So, they've not won one single game against any of the top 10. They obviously picked up a couple of draws there. Um, and a lot of those games were under goals so in fact we have under three and a half goals in eight of eight of the nine and draw no bet would have come in for the away side in all nine so i've gone with that as my bet in this game for under three and a half goals and uh, draw or um i meant double chance not draw no bet sorry and that's even money with william hill Right, sounds all right. So that's what I'm going. Yeah, <laughs> 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 blow me out of the water. What have you gone for instead? <laughs> I'm just keeping it simple. I do, I do fancy Spurs running about even money. I mean, they've scored in the last six away games. They've scored the last three away games. They've scored a couple of goals at Aston Villa, Newcastle, at Everton. 
Um, just think, keeping it simple. I think you know, as you touched on there, you know, he's he's playing quite attacking players. It'll be an yeah. interesting game, you know, to see what way it goes. As you say, Leeds, you know, the way they started the league, the way they're finishing the league's maybe a wee bit different. But um, Spurs have certainly been scoring away from home, away from home lately, and I just feel as if we. Harry Kane having that wee injury a few weeks, he's probably just getting back to peak fitness round about now, isn't he? Yeah. And uh, I just think they might be too strong for Leeds, but I think it's, it's going to be an interesting game to see how it pans out, but I just feel as if Tottenham round about even money um, should be able to win that one, I think. Mate, I'll take that. I'll take that. Spurs can win as long as they don't win like 4-0. <laughs> <laughs> 3-1. We'll have that. We'll, we'll pick up a double, double win there. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. No, all good. Yeah, you keep it simple. That's fine. <laughs> That's sometimes you can overcomplicate it at the end of you the can. season. So just try to keep it a wee bit simpler, yeah. You can. I did just double check because I confused myself there by saying, um, was it double chance or draw no bet? And uh, it is double chance. So uh, under three and a half goals and double chance. So we have the draw on the side the even money option there as well. So, yeah. all good. There we go. And excellent. And you're just a Spurs win. So, I'll note that down. And uh, I'll look forward to that coming in with a comfortable 2-0 uh, Spurs win with both goals by Harry Kane. <laughs> yeah, Great yeah. stuff. Cool. Right. Okay, then, mate. So, it's over to you. It's time to hear your best bets of the weekend. As I always say, it's the part I really look forward to because it's news to me what you've picked out. Um, how many have you got for us this week? It's slim pickings this week, right? Yeah. <laughs> As, as we approach the end of the season, there's not loads of games left. There's obviously some playoffs and there's a Scottish Cup semi-finals. Um, I'm, I'm going to throw in two Scottish picks and uh, an English Championship pick, if that's okay, righty? That is absolutely fine, as long as it's not my Championship pick. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see, we shall see. Yeah. As, as we say, we never compare bets before we, we go on. So that, that makes no. it original and interesting. Yeah. Um, St Johnston against St Mirren um, there's been a wee bit of um, news on that on Twitter today um, St Johnston are going to be going into this now Covid affected uh, All right. I fancy St Johnston really to eliminate St Mirren and I probably still do actually to be honest I was going to put sort of double chance to St Johnston I see it being a tight semi-final at Hamden anyway um, but St Johnston two players have come well they tested positive for Covid and there's two other players in addition having to self-isolate. I think the test might have come back ne negative after that. But anyway, to cut long story short, there's four players in the St. Johnson squad going to be missing this one. I still think St. Johnson can cope squad-wise. The beauty of the St. Johnson squad is, you know, they've probably got about 15, 16 players, 17 players they've been using this season. But yeah. They're kind of side that don't have superstars, so it's not as if you're going searching as the, the four best players out, you know, because I think their players in their team are much of a much. It's probably their strength is the three guys that play at the back, Kerr, Gordon, etc. Um, so they'll be hoping, obviously, none of the centre-halves are out. But uh, I still fancy them probably to, to, to be in the final. The bet I'm going for, um, I fancy under three goals and to score no. I was kind of toying with double chance Johnson, but obviously we don't know exactly what four players are out. So no. I was going to flag up Johnson or a draw over the 90 minutes and under three goals. But I think I'm going to go for under three goals and both teams to score no, which is yeah. 21 to 20 or 11 to 10. We bet three six five. Um, St Mirren this season in the league matches, six league matches, they've gone under three goals. And 23 out of 36. So pretty much two-thirds of their game. St Mirren, they're going under three goals. St Johnson are even more impressive for under three goals. Out there, 36 league matches, they've gone under three goals in 29 of the 36. So wow. they've got a strong percentage. The three Scottish Cup ties to date, St Johnson, all three have went under three goals as well in the 90 minutes. So both teams traditionally, their head-to-heads over the years as well have usually been tight as well. Um KG managers, Callum Davidson's had a great season. Um, Jim Goodwin, they've already fluffed the lines in a semi-final of the League Cup against Livingston. So St. Johnson have got the edge that they've already got the League Cup in their, their trophy room. Still think they can do it. St. Johnson probably, if, if you twisted my arm, I still think they could be in the final. But obviously with this kind of COVID scare today, it kind of tempers the bet a little bit. I do think yeah. it'll be a game. Don't see there being a lot of goals in it. Um, 
possibly just maybe St. Johnson nicking it 1-0 sort of thing in the 90 minutes is quite feasible. But under three goals, both teams to score no righty with about 3-6-5. Fantastic. Lovely. Yeah, good good, uh, good reasoning there. I like that, mate. Nice. The, the next pick is it's the playoff for the uh, League 2 in Scotland. It's Kelty Hearts at home to Barora Rangers. Um, we've mentioned Broda Rangers before they previously knocked out Hearts in the, the Scottish Cup um, the, the first leg of this was, was during the week right it might have went under the radar a wee bit because there was bigger games taking place in Scotland than elsewhere down south Europe etc but Kelty went up to Broda um, in midweek and they actually had three penalties early on in the match they actually missed two penalties in the first 15 minutes Kelty oh, um, <laughs> then they got a third penalty later on which they, they converted and they also scored another goal as well so basically they won 2-0 Kelty away to Brora in the first leg um, they've got a really strong squad they've got guys like Dylan Easton who scored the other night Callum Higginbottom who converted the second penalty after missing his first penalty They've got Michael Tidzer, who used to... They've really got a load of guys. Tidzer used to play with Morton. They've got a load of guys that have played league football and some of them at Championship and League One level in Scotland. Yeah. Nathan Austin's another one we've mentioned on the podcast. Uh, East Fife got him for about three or four games earlier on and just to give him a loan spell. Um, I think that was March and March they had him. So he's back with Kelty. He's a really good front man, good striker, probably a sort of League One's uh, standard uh, striker. So... I'm kind of going a wee bit against my own uh, betting rules here, righty. Mm-hmm. I don't always like to bet a team that don't need to win. But, you know, Kelty have got the 2-0 um, score for the first leg. 13-10 to 10 is the price on Kelty to win this match. The price just jumps off the page a wee bit at me, uh, righty. Although they don't need to win, I just feel as if if they go out with the right attitude and they score early, I think the heads will be down with Brora. Yeah. Um, so I'm putting that up as my second selection. Kelty to win the match, 13-10. to 10. I think it's a nice price based on they've got a really strong squad, a strong uh, one to eleven, and I just think Broad already two 0 down, and it might be beyond Broad already. So Kelty might just go for the jugular and get that finished as early as possible. So I think that's a bet, certainly you know that people might want to get involved in because Kelty, although they're non-league, if they win this match against uh, Broad, it gives them a playoff against Brecon to actually get into the. League Two of Scotland through the pyramid system, so it's a great incentive. Barry Ferguson, who used to play with Birmingham and Blackburn down south, Rangers for years up mm-hmm. here, he's the manager there, and they've had a good bit of investment. Uh, they've had a good bit of investment, Kelty, for being a sort of non-league team up here, and uh, they're a strong setup, and I can see them progressing to uh, play in the final playoff match against Brecon, and that will be really interesting when that one gets priced up. Watch this space if it is Kelty. Absolutely right. Yeah, they, from what you said there, they do sound like they've got a fantastic setup. Um, excuse my ignorance. What is the general um, trend as far as the the League Two side in that relegation battle over the years? Because that's, in a, England, good, that's, a, that's a great question, righty. Because if I mentioned two names to you, Edinburgh City, yeah, and Cove Rangers, yeah, Cove Rangers and Edinburgh City are the two teams that have come up um, through that. I think it's only been going maybe three, four seasons. This okay. kind of pyramid system into the Scottish League. So not only have Cove and Edinburgh City came through, but they've done really well when they've got there. Cove, yeah. Cove Rangers obviously have already went up another division and Edinburgh City have chapped on the door and have still got a chance this season of going up another division as well. So I think maybe one one of the playoff teams have came on stuck coming through non league off the top of my head, but certainly Edinburgh City and Cove Rangers there's been more wins and losses for them. Yeah. Put it that way. It could be too. Guessing off the top of my head. So, can't say your question. Yeah, they've got a very good record in non-league team. Of, usually, the team at the bottom of the, the Scottish League Two are in a bad way, really. They're not. Those <laughs> are getting hammered each week. Teams like East Stirling dropped out of the league before, you know. So, yeah, that's one off the top of my head. Then they've, they've not been able to come back yet, you know. No. Uh, I was trying to think who disappeared, and uh, yeah, I remember Ray Sterling as yeah, they're obviously yeah, gone. So uh, I think it's a similar pattern in in England where the the sides at the lower end of the of League Two are are, are really struggling, and and it, it's some strong sides in the in the National League for us that are that are 
just going into that better. We don't have the playoff, obviously, in, in England, but the, they then go into League Two, and, and generally speaking, they normally do pretty well and, and survive that first season back and, and are often challenging. So it's interesting that the strong non-league sides um, so tend to be in a, in a better position and it's harder to get actually into the into the league than, than stay there. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that one goes. But I said, Kelty yeah, do look common. like they've sound like got a great setup. Yeah, the common denominator with Edinburgh City, Cove Rangers and Kelty is really professional outfits. Really, you know, they've basically got managers that, you know, from the, you know, that have had good careers sort of thing high up yeah. in the league. And they're obviously backed. There's a bit of money behind them as well. Not mega yeah, bucks, no. but certainly if you compare it to some of the teams at the bottom of League Two, you know, they've got a lot, they've got a lot more money at their disposal. You know, to give, to get decent players in. Brilliant. Who's your thirteen to ten with, mate, with for Kelty? Um, bet three six five. They, they, they might be the only bookmakers at the moment that's pricing it up. So bet three six five. Yeah. It's been there for a while. So, yeah, nice price. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So the first leg could have been a four or five nil job to Kelty, so yeah. that's why I'm going against my betting rules, betting a team that don't need to win. I just feel as if, you know, they could have been four or five goals better than Broder the other night there. So um, let's let's go for it. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, look forward to that. And, and just a quick, one? just a quick one. I'm going into the English Championship. Hopefully, it's not your match, but it's your match. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's Barnsley v Norwich. Yeah, no, nah, I left that one. <laughs> just, just fancy a few goals kicking around um, end of season stuff. Is Timo Puki out injured, is he? Yeah, he is, yeah. yeah. But I still fancy over, I fancy goals here. I fancy over three and a half goals, right? To Barnsley Norwich, end of season stuff. Barnsley are safe in the playoffs. They'll, you know, shackles will be off both teams. They'll mix and match their teams a little bit. I just feel as if 2-1 to one with Skybet for over three and, go, three and a half goals in this match as a runner. And as I'm going to touch on in a little bit, I fancy a few goals kicking around. Yeah, excellent stuff. Good. Okay, so Sky Bet, and I missed the odds there. What was that? Two to one. Two to one, yeah, lovely. Okay, yes, yeah, the last game for a couple of Norwich legends and such, uh, one in particular. Uh, so expect a bit of game time for them. Um, as you say, Pookie is out, but they've got a lot of strength up in that, that top area. So yeah. Hugel will come in and, and you know, he'll have a point to prove. And last time he came in for Pookie, he scored, scored twice. So uh, it's, it's not, a, not a bad substitution. Uh, slightly different style of play, possibly, with, with him being up top there. But a lot of pace and a lot of, lot of, lot of quality in that final third. So should, should be able to uh, make the most of that. And uh, equally speaking, Barnsley, as you say, have got some, um, got some quality forward themselves. So, uh, yeah, I can see some goals in end of season fair. Hopefully, fingers crossed there. Yeah, right, okay. Well, let's um, I'll pop on to my one, and uh, I didn't feature that game. Uh, that wasn't the one I picked. I've actually gone at the other end of the table. Um, so, uh, as I say, it's the final game week of the regular season in the championship. All games kick off at twelve thirty. Um, top end, as, as we've touched on there, has been settled already. So we've got Norwich champions and Watford promoted. Brentford's sure the third. Then then Swansea, Bournemouth, Barnsley, shake them up and see where they end up. Um, but I don't think there's too much to worry about as to which which way they're going to go. But um, I'm focusing at the other end, of, uh, other end of the leagues, which is definitely not <laughs> settled. Uh, really interested uh, last game here. Wickham need a mathematical miracle. Other than that, uh, I think they need like 13 nil win. Um, can't see that happening. So we'll focus on the three signs above them, um, which sees Sheffield Wednesday on 40 points and minus 21 goal difference. Rotherham, 41 points, minus 16 goal difference. And Derby, 43 points and minus 22. So Rotherham at Cardiff, who have only got pride to play for. Um, so... Rotherham will fancy the chances, but we'll see what, what comes up there. Um, but the game I'm focusing on is the massive clash at Pride Park, where Derby hosts Sheffield Wednesday. Can only imagine it's going to be tight, um, very tense. Both these sides are fairly low scorers. Um, Derby, in fact, are the lowest scorers in the league with 33 goals in their 45 games. Um, Wayne Rooney's obviously got in there, and, he, and, he, and I think he got them up to around about 16th with his like, the initial games. Um, that he, that when, he, when he started his reign, but they're on a terrible run of form and uh, have obviously now got to the point where they, they need to, um, well, they need to win. Um, Wednesday, as far as their goals are concerned, have only got four more than than Derby. Um, so not, not prolific either, 37 goals from them. 
Uh, Derby have only scored in 12 of 22 at home, and Wednesday have only scored in 11 of 22 away. So I'm not actually going with the goals bet here, believe it or not, but I'm actually going for um, the game to be tight. So we need it to be tight, we need it to be competitive. Obviously, you can't get much more stake, stake than the fact that um, the loser will likely get relegated in this one. Um, it could go either way. I'm not quite sure what way it will go. Having seen both sides recently, they've got no confidence and, and really, really poor. But what's guaranteed is there should be high levels of tension um, and that game could well shift where, whenever, if, there's, if and when there's a goal. Obviously, we're going to have the, the thing where there's going to be a goal potentially over uh, at Rotherham that's going to affect things. Um, but with any incident that's happening in this game, it's going to change the gameplay. So expect that to be. So who better to have in charge of such a white hot occasion? Do you know the referee, Jerry? I think I read it earlier today. Yes, is it Mr. <laughs> Michael Dean? Is it Magic Mike? Magic Mike Magic Dean Mike. has been given the go-ahead for his first EFL game of the season. Not managed any championship games. This season, only been in the Premier League, um, and they've decided that he is the man. He is the man to thrust into this this white hot, uh, white hot occasion. So he's ranked number two, as we know. I don't think think everyone knows Mike Dean and his and his uh, record. And we obviously had him a couple of weeks ago. You picked picked him out and saying that he was the man to. Um, it was the the um, uh, FA Cup semi final, wasn't it? The big yeah. occasion, live on TV, etc., etc. So yeah, ranked number two. He'll be loving this one then, won't he? Absolutely, you can imagine him. I bet he can't sleep at night. He's so excited Start about it. Start of oh, the show, yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, rank number two in the EPL, as I said, 79 yellows, eight red cards this season. Averages 42.27 booking points. Um, as I said, it's the first uh, championship game of the season for him, first EFL game of the season. So, with all that in mind, I've got to make this my better weekend. I posted it earlier in Team CBK. Uh, it's 2.25 at the time. It's now been nipped in before we started the podcast. I haven't checked since to even money. So it's 2.0. I make it odds on. It should be for 20 plus booking points each side. So a red card or two yellow cards for both teams. So we're looking at Mike really to, to a minimum of four yellow cards needed here. Um, but it could be more than that, obviously. Is that, um, just the, is that just in the first half, righty? <laughs> <laughs> That's in the coin toss. <laughs> so, well, I, I, you, I don't know, what your th what's your thoughts on that? I think like it's just the perfect occasion for Mike Dean to go into, stamp his authority on it. I can see his face now as he's getting his first yellow card out on 17 minutes. And I just think it's it's just made for for the game. Like we said, so both sides are going to have to be are going to have tension. It's going to be nervous. It's going to be that that kind of fired up occasion. It's a kind of cup final, isn't it? But with with like more at stake for the loser. Um, they've set the line at fifty points here. Um, Skybet fifty points. They've kind of said is where they expect. So in other words, five cards. Um, Looking at it, I've just looked into the stats. It's, I think most of the background stats are fairly irrelevant for this one. This is a, a one-off game, a sort of playoff-style scenario with Dean in charge. Sheffield Wednesday have had 20-plus booking points in 23 of their 45 games, so 51%. Derby in 20 of 45, so 44%. Um, and so we're looking for both of them, both of them to pick up 20-plus each, and that lands the bet at, at what is 2.0. It's per perfect ingredients, really, right? Here, isn't it? A lot of people would have been sort of um, champing at the bit to get into the cards for us uh, head to head. But when Mike Dean's been given the game, it's the cherry on the top, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it definitely is. Definitely is. So it's got to be, uh, got to be charged. Like I said, I had to make it my bet at the weekend. So it's good. What an exciting game to look forward to with him in charge. As you said, he's the cherry on top. So happy days. So there we go. That's my bet at the weekend. Sounds good. Cool. So, a little birdie tells me again, the same one that told me you're, you're out having a few bevies at the weekend. The same birdie told me that, that you've got a bit of a monster long shot in your back pocket. So, I'm actually yeah. going to go first, Jerry. I'm going to put you on ice. I hope you're not stealing it off me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for every game in the championship. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. What I'm going to say, mine, mine is skinny. Mine is 28 to 1. So although people will be fed up hearing my voice right now after going for my better weekend, I'm quickly going to run through my long shot, which is 28 to 1, which people would call a long shot until they hear your long shot. Um, yeah. So 
I'm going off to Spain. Barcelona versus Atletico Madrid. It's obviously a massive week in Spain this weekend. La Liga, the top four all play each other. Um, we've said before how tight the race is at the moment. Sevilla just kind of choked a little last week to, to put a little bit of distance between them back and forth. But the other three are locked very, very closely together. Um, Barcelona versus Atletico. Have you seen the match referee for this one? It was announced today. No, who is that? It's uh, Antonio Miguel Lejos. So... Effectively, the Spanish, Mike Dean. Uh, 16 appearances in La Liga, 73 yellow cards shown, average of 4.56 cards per game, two reds. So not many reds, but two. Um, now, I expect this game to get feisty. You've got some of the characters that are playing for Barcelona and Atletico Madrid. You've got the manager. Managers, obviously, Koeman got sent off the other, other week. Um, him on the touchline. Um, you, you've got obviously Simeone there dancing around and, and running up and down. This should should ignite and kick off again, yeah. given the fact that you know we're talking about the top two here in Spain, um, and the winner could effectively be out of the title. I'm sorry, the loser could be effectively out of the title race. So I expect it to be tasty. So I'm going to go for a red card. Um, in fact, I was tempted to play a red card for each team, which is 22 to one with Betfair. However, I've gone for slightly bigger op- op- odds just to pinpoint one player to get sent off. Now. The guy I've picked out has only been sent off once this season, which was, <laughs> we've mentioned him virtually every 10 minutes in the podcast, uh, at Chelsea in the Champions League. Um, but he's picked up 14 yellow cards in 30 La Liga games this season, which is an incredible ratio. Stefan Savic um, is 28 to 1 to be sent off um, with Bet365. So that's going to be my long shot. When I saw it, I thought that's a good price. I checked it out, obviously, elsewhere to see if I could get a bigger price. And I saw with Paddy Power, they're offering 9.5 for him to be sent off. So um, I'd, I'd say that's massively far, far too skinny. But I think 28 to 1 is a fairly generous price in a game that should be feisty, should be tasty. And like I said, 14 yellows in 30 games. Lahoz in charge. I think it's got a decent chance of him picking up a red in this one, especially um, you know if uh, either you know, obviously Messi's going to be buzzing around him um, if things aren't going his way, or alternatively if things are going their way, then you can see a bit of cynicism coming into that Atleti style. So uh, that's my long shot at twenty-eight to one. Sa- Savage has always been good for cards, hasn't he? Uh, but yeah. as you say, with that referee and with the high stakes for these sort of winner, you know, loser drops out sort of thing, you know, it's, yeah. the cards are going to be like confetti. It's, it looks guaranteed cards, doesn't it, with that ref? It does. Yeah, it does. Um, so I've gone for gone for the red card. He's not. He's only shown two this season. But I say, I think with the game set up as it is, then uh, there's there's high high expectation for for cards in it. So I wouldn't be surprised if he picks up two yellow Savage, um, if not a straight red. So I'm happy with that. And I thought it was decent odds, especially when you see what is uh, priced up at elsewhere. So I'll take that on. It look, looks a cracking price, especially when you, you explain the differential with the, the bookmaker's prices, Rob. Yeah. Cool. That's, that's me. So, right. Talk to me, Jerry. What have you got? Long shot. I thought you were on to me there because you said uh, <laughs> what, every game in the championship. Yeah, um, I know how you work now. <laughs> <laughs> you knew where I was going, I think, didn't you? You'd suss uh, me. Yeah, um, <laughs> last, last, last game of the season, last, last round of games in the season, I've previously looked at England at uh, the English Premiership for goals in previous seasons and so, sometimes I've did referees no cards actually in the last game of the season. A lot of them try and check out with you know, if there's nothing games in the English Premier League, no cards kind of thing. But yeah. certainly I'm going back to goals because English Premier Premier League is, is often in the last game of the season, you get a lot of goals. I looked at the Championship, the last round of games, the very last round of games last season, which were in July, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, 2020, the way the season was elongated. Um, basically, the 24 teams um, that played in the last round of fixtures last year in the Championship... 22 of them scored. Um, mm. It was 45 goals in the 12 games. And over two and a half goals came up in 10 out of the 12 games. So we were only two games shy of getting every game over two and a half goals last year. And yeah. the games took place in July. So um, if you did the 12 games last July to be over one and a half, you'd have landed a bet if you'd done done all the games over one and a half goals. So that was 12 out of 12. As I say, over two and a half, it was 10 out of 12. I've stuck one of my wee fivers on this, right? 1,867 to one with bet 365. 
for basically the 12 matches to go over two and a half goals. I don't think it's, you know, in the realms of fantasy because 10 of the games out of 12 come up in the last round of fixtures at the end of term uh, for the championship last season. The only two teams that never scored, looking at the both both teams to score uh, in these fixtures, the only two teams that didn't score was Hull City um, and Charlton. So they both went down. Yeah. So if guys are doing a variation on this bet, whether they're doing both teams to score or whether they're doing over one and a half, it's maybe just worth looking out for maybe the, the couple of teams that are maybe, the, you know, relegation or relegation threatened. But certainly yeah. I'm, I'm going to give this a wee go. I think it's worth a whirl because there's plenty of teams scoring four. There was three twos there last year in the round of fixtures. So I think there will be goals in most of the games. So you just need a wee bit of luck again, maybe to get the 12 games to land the over two and a half goals. So it pays out £9,336.18 for a fiver. I've already stuck my fiver on it. Um, <laughs> I think the odds were a wee bit lesser with Skybet. So if you can check the various bookmakers, but if you're getting somewhere round about the odds, it's one of the ones, get your A4 sheet of paper ready, get your pen <laughs> yeah. ready, three boxes every game, tick the goals off as they yeah. come in. Fingers crossed right. we can get a wee run for our money with this one. Mate, it's great fun. These bets are great fun, to be fair. And and like I said, these last games of the season, when when there isn't anything on on well for most of the clubs, nothing on on the on state. And you and with this week, you've got realistically, if we take Wickham out of the equation, because I can't see them winning twelve nil away at Middlesbrough. Um, but obviously that would bring your bet in if they did. <laughs> There's only one game which has got anything riding on it, and that is the one we've just talked about, Derby versus Sheffield Wednesday, which the great thing for you is if one of those sides score, the other one's definitely going to be wanting to score. So as you mentioned last season with the likes of Hull and Charlton already down and, and, and um, say like the, the not got that incentive and, and obviously in a, in a bad bad state of, uh, of play for them uh, this this time around there's only that one game which is uh, which is has got those relegated sides in it realistically and um and so they're going to have to go for it if, if one or the other scores so uh should bring that that bet in i think that's a fantastic odds for a great fun bet Teams like QPR, Blackburn, Bournemouth, Brentford, Watford, Swansea, you know, shackles are off. You can see teams like that, you know, getting among, amongst the goals, two goals, three goals here and there. So it's a better score, a wee outside chance at crazy odds. So worth a little fiver if people want to stick a wee fiver on that, might give them a wee bit of fun, a wee bit of interest there. Absolutely, mate. No, I totally agree. I like that. And I know people love that kind of bet, and uh, especially when it's the last game of the season. A nice little lunchtime affair tomorrow. 12, um, tomorrow, um, Saturday, Saturday. Yep. yeah, 12.30 kickoffs, a lot of them, so um, you'll be able to go and celebrate your winnings in the evening if that one rolls in. That'd be lovely if it lands, let's hope, <laughs> let's hope we get a good go at it. Absolutely right, so good stuff mate, love that one, thanks so much, I'm going to join you and, uh, and, and stick a fiver on that as well, so uh, so we can, um, we can win together, which is good stuff, and uh, yeah, covered a lot again there in that podcast, so Mate, thank you very much for joining me. And uh, we'll say we've been through all our best bets. Uh, got our long shots on the table and done the previews. So uh, let's hope we can grab some winners and uh, hope everyone enjoys the podcast. Hope everyone enjoys the weekend and we, we've found you a few winning bets. And if you picked your own ones out from some of the stuff we've said as well, good luck to you. Um, but Jerry, anything else to add from you, mate? No, that's a bad. Just probably the only other games I didn't really touch on in Scotland were the playoffs. I wouldn't put off anybody if they were doing a little. Um, permutation on three or four of the playoff matches up in uh, Scotland having draws there could be a few draws kicking around the playoffs in Scotland so maybe worth a wee look at that for for any of the punters yeah yeah brilliant cool mate yeah nice one thanks for that good stuff cool okay then well as I say good luck with your bets uh, thanks for listening to the podcast and uh, from me and Jerry it's bye for now have a great weekend cheers have a good one cheers righty thanks cheers mate bye